So now Mark 11, and we're going to read from verse 12. Looking at the life of Jesus. Now, go back to verse 13. I want to say something about Jesus' mentality here. He sees a fig tree from afar having leaves. And then he goes to see if perhaps he would find something on it. And yet it was not its season. What kind of mindset did he have? How did he used to think? Then that reminds you of a certain gentleman named Isaac who sowed in a famine and ripped a hundredfold during a famine. And so seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season of figs. Now, you would think Jesus would say, ah, anyways, it is not the season. But I want you to see something, the next verse. In response, almost as if it was talking to him and saying, hey, I'm not, I can't give you anything right now because it's not my season. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And now here's an interesting part. And it says, and his disciples heard it. I want to tell you something about faith. We'll have a day where we talk about the aspect of talking with regards to faith. But you can't call it faith if it's just in your heart. Somehow you just believe or will work out. Somehow you just believe you'll pass all the exams. But when we ask you, you're busy telling us, hey, clearing this year. Are you really sure you've got faith? I don't know. Am I the only one who be, who's one of those who, if they say, I'm like, yeah, you know. The Bible says his disciples heard it. He set the bar very high. It wasn't a faith that was kept inside. It was vocalized. Dear your neighbor, vocalize your faith. Say it again, vocalize your faith. Learn to speak it. Learn to declare it. Let it be known. You can't say you've got faith for A, but you speak B. Vocalize your faith. The disciples heard him say it. Ask your neighbor, what have you heard me say? May we please not touch anything? I'm okay the way I am. Let's go back. Next verse. Wait, what did you tell your neighbor when they asked what have you heard me say? Did you start saying something so that they hear something? Come on, in a few minutes, vocalize your faith. Yeah, I'm trying to hear a few things. Okay. And so they came to Jerusalem and Jesus went to the temple. This is a time when after that happened, Jesus just went and started doing things in the temple and whipping a few people and all those things. You just know the Jesus way. Since he was very nice and loving, praise God. So he went and whipped people in the temple. And then verse 20. Then when you receive one rebuke, hey, this pastor is not like Jesus. Jesus was very nice and loving. Jesus whipped people in the temple. <laughs> now, in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree 
dried up from the roots. Uh-huh. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. And so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. We'll come back to this verse because it's our main one. Uh -huh. For assuredly I say to you that whosoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Everyone should move from believing to possessing. Praise God. Uh-huh. Therefore, you know, even John 3.16 is about from believing to possessing. You know that, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes shall not perish but have. So you move from believing to possessing. Let's go. So therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. You have to learn to vocalize your faith. Listen, you do know that um, when you hear maybe there's something that's been taught and something that's been said and something that affects you and somebody says amen and you think, ah, this person is being too spiritual or something like that. There's, there's, when we talk about the talking side of faith, you will see that there's a significant aspect of even just receiving, which involves vocalizing. Even for your salvation, the Bible says, with the, mouth, with the heart one believes, with the mouth one confesses. So you can't just say, you're born again in your heart. There, there are certain things that have to be said. Praise God. Let's, let's keep going. And whenever you stand praying, he begins to talk about certain things that can hinder your receiving. If you have anything against anyone, forgive him. That your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. Uh -huh. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. And then, you know, they went away. So I want us to go back to our main text, which is verse 22. What Jesus was trying to show them is that this thing that I've done is not a mystery. It can be done by you if you can do things the way I do them. And so the secret is in verse 22. Uh -huh. Have faith in God. I'm going to read it to you from about two different versions. I don't know if we have them. If we don't, I'll read them for you. Do we have the TPT version? It is God. Do we have the BBE version? Eh. Do we have the YLT, Young's Literal Translation? BBE, do we have it? The Lord be praised. Okay, let me read for you from the TPT version. I think that's, uh, it's because P, I think, stands for passion or something. If you've got access to eSword on your computer, you can download it. I think even on your phones, on that Holy Bible app, these versions are there. If you've got a smartphone but don't have a Bible app, we need to talk. Something is not right somewhere. But you've got subway surfers. Ah, something is not right. Something is wrong. 
No, I read the hard copy on what about when there's Lord Shedding? Which one do you read? Okay, so TPT. Jesus replied, let the faith of God be in you. The BBE. And Jesus answering said to them, have God's faith. And I've told you that when you see it from the Greek, what he's really saying is, have the God kind of faith. Or, have the faith which God has. I want you to imagine somebody advising you like that. Like, you've come to him and say, look, this fig tree that you cursed has withered. And it's like, have the same faith God has. If you have that faith which God has, you'll be able to speak to a mountain to go into a sea and it will do so. Now, I want you to understand, dear saints, which you will when we go, okay, we'll mention that later. That for you, as long as you're a believer, you're not actually looking for this faith. You understand as we go on. It's nearer than you think. It's not as mysterious as you think. Otherwise, we'll call an otaku and everyone will come to the front. Pastor, I want you to pray for me. I want to have God's faith. I want to have that kind of faith. I'll get to that. But before that, let me tell you a few things about the faith that God has. For Jesus to, to say this, it shows you that God actually functions by faith. God is a faith God. He's a faith God. So if you're his children, you have to be faith people. But God is a faith God. He is a faith God. We've got scriptures to prove that. Take me to Romans chapter 4. And let's read from verse 17. These are basics of faith that can really set you on course. But you have to understand them. Let's start from verse 16 for context. Or maybe verse 13 for context. What do you think? Verse 13. Now this is to Abraham. The promise... For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Uh -huh. For if those who are of the law are heirs, then faith is made void and the promise is made of no effect. Let's keep going. And if you don't know what the law is and all that stuff, go start listening to the Sunday service podcast. We've talked about this for three weeks. Because the law brings out wrath. For where there is no law, there is no transgression. Uh-huh. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all seed, not only to those who are of the law, but to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So Abraham is our father by faith, right? Uh-huh. Now, this is where you're going to see God's faith described. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. I like this one in the King James. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed. Now, what did he believe about God? Even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. That's, that's what the New King James, just in case some people are confused by the word quickeneth. 
He believed God who gives life to the dead and caused those things which do not exist as though they did. Let's take a second. We'll come back to this one when we reach the part where we're going to talk about come believing. So he believed God who, number one, gives life to the dead. He can quickeneth the dead. When we talk about come believing, you'll notice that there is something he believed about God which caused him to experience what he experienced. Then the Bible says his body was as good as dead. But he believed that God can give life to the dead. So he believed in God who gives life to the dead and he caused things which do not exist as though they did. That's how God works. He caused things which do not exist as though they did. Have God's kind of faith. Let's keep going on that one. Keep that in mind. The God who does what? He quickens the dead. He gives life to dead things. My body has been dying. He gives life to dead things. He quickens the dead. And then what else does he do? He causes things which are not as though they are. And there's something that happens. What, when he calls something something, it becomes that. And do you know that he's imparted this nature on man? Can I show you that from the beginning, he's always wanted that with man? Take me to Genesis chapter number 2. No, I'm not reading. It's not good for a man to be alone. And people, that's all they know in Genesis 2. Then in Proverbs, all they know is he who finds. Okay. There's some powerful verses before and after that. <laughs> Genesis chapter 2, give me verse 18. Okay, mind I'm then quoting the wrong verse. Oh my, not verse 18. Praise God. <laughs> give me verse 13. It's like the first verse that comes to my mind. Okay, uh, keep going, just keep going. I want to see something. Uh huh. Continue, just continue. The Lord took the man and put him in the garden to tend and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. Uh huh. But the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day you shall eat of it, you shall surely die. And the Lord said, It's not good for the man to be alone. I'll make him a helper comparable to him. Uh huh. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. To see what who? And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. Already, he's showing that that's the nature in which he has made man. To be the one who calls things which are not as though they are. Praise God. 
He calls things which are not as though they are. And because God doesn't function in the realm of time, the Bible says he has set the end from the beginning. That means God will call you a finished product, even at the place when you've just started developing. To God, you're already the finished article. You're already the finished product. And so in agreeing with God, by the way, I think you get more from saying amen than snapping. I, I, I'm not a poet. I, I think. Yeah. Praise God. I think some of you, I think when you got saved, I think you went to too many poetry shows. <laughs> Praise God. Where was I? Did someone just snap again? <laughs> Hallelujah. So what was I saying? Can you remind me? You're the one who made me forget. Uh-huh. I didn't forget. I was just trying to see if you're, if you're listening. But what I'm trying to say is the God kind of faith involves calling things which are not as though they are. You call things which are not as though they are. So really, you'd want to cooperate with God by calling something what God calls it. You'd want to cooperate with God by Aligning your thoughts and your speech about you in comparison to what God calls you. He calls things which are not as though they are. That's the way he does things. I want us to see it from Hebrews. How many of you are following so far? Are you following? Okay. Let's look at it from Hebrews. We're looking at the God kind of faith, and I'm just showing you how God's faith operates. So God is a faith kind of God, and in his faithfulness, in his faithness, what does he do? He calls things which are not as though they are, and he gives life to dead things. Don't you remember what happened? There's a time there's this lady, and her brother was dead. Her brother was named Lazarus. Remember that? And then Jesus says, your brother will rise again. And the lady says, yes, I know on the final day, on the resurrection. Jesus turned and said, I am the resurrection and the life. Like, come on, you're waiting for a day. I'm here. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. That's what he said. He said, I am. That's just the way he functions. That's the way he operates. That's who he is. You know, there are people who don't believe issues of faith work, eh? For example, I've heard people say, well, uh, if God wants to touch somebody, he will touch them. If he doesn't want to, he won't. And you know, sometimes preachers in trying to be humble will come to the front and say, no, it's got nothing to do with me. How come the person didn't get healed at home? Why did they get healed in the meeting? Why? How come? How come when they were home, they were still crippled? How come when they were home, all these years, their leg was shorter? Why did it grow at the meeting? There was an environment of faith that was released. And there was someone who decided to cooperate. Let me show you something. Let me just take you back to Genesis. I'm just showing you a bit of how God works. So we'll get back to this. I want you to see something. Um, Genesis 2. Verse, let's see verse 
Give me verse 10. Let me just take a look. That is who you are. Start from verse 1. That is who you are. That is who you are. In 2016, that's when I loved this song. That's the day I fell in love with it. I'll tell you about it. Verse, verse 5. I want you to see this. Before any plant of the field was in the earth, and before any herb of the field had grown, for the Lord had not caused it to rain on earth, and there was no man to till the ground. Give me the King James. I think it puts it. It says... The Lord had not caused it to rain upon the earth and there was not a man to till the ground. That shows you something. There was a strong relationship between whether it was going to rain and there being someone to till the ground. That's a revelation for another day. There's a strong relationship. That's why you find certain things all happen when people are home, they've come to a meeting. Why? Because somebody has been tilling the ground. You don't know what they've been doing in the background. That has created an atmosphere where it rains. Praise God. So now, you can see the God kind of faith expressed in creation. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, we can stop with the music for now. Hebrews chapter 11. So how I love that song. Um, we had a meeting. Okay, since I'm talking about the song, we can come back just a little bit. We had a meeting on September the 17th, 2016. How many of you were there? September the 17th, 2016. Just about um, four years ago. I was just doing what you know every young man does. So we, we had a conference. And there was a certain lady who had sent me a message saying she really wanted God to heal her. And I asked her to come for the conference. I didn't know that she was admitted and she was in the hospital in Kafue. She managed to check herself out and drove from Kafue for the meeting. And all she told us is that her esophagus was closed. So she was spitting the entire time because she couldn't swallow. Little did we know that even the kidney had malfunctioned, even the liver had malfunctioned, and she had reached stage 3 of HIV. And I didn't know that there were even stages. Some are just finding out right now. And so... But to be honest, by the time I was meeting her, I had built up enough faith because she had told me about, about her. So I was, I was praying for her. I was ready. I know we prayed for her. The esophagus opened up in that meeting. And um, she sent me photos some months later. She had her weight back. She had her life back. Now, well, when that happened, we are now waiting to go home. Me, as far as I was concerned, I was done. That was the miracle of the day. Like, you know, you've, you've, you know, you can feel when virtue has come out of you, right? You feel it like, I'm done. Only to be told, there's a woman who saw the miracles that happened and rushed home to get her son. Like, okay. This should be interesting. Before I knew it, they are carrying this little boy. And he had some scoliosis scoliosis of some sort 
and so he was like this and then you put him down it was so heavy it's literally like they were holding him literally and then the guy is like falling flat i'm thinking fred 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 fred, fred, fred. and that was the first time we managed to gather one thousand you know one thousand people ah! and there's already one miracle that has happened i had built up enough faith for that one this one on the other hand if i remember very well i walked outside i walked out i went out and said god at what <laughs> i was hearing nothing feeling nothing all i knew is that there was a case and i was the one who was known as and you know when you're the leader they bring the tough cases to you and <laughs> and then i remember walking back and alice was singing and she began singing you are here moving in and i think she was singing ah i think she said rearranging broken bones something like that and then i just felt that thing come on me like a jacket like in and I remember shouting in the name of Jesus alive and I've never seen anything like that in my life what had happened is they had taken off his shirt right and then the hump was like the, the spine was like this side then it started moving like alive and then it's moving I know you think I'll be normal eh? it I asked them to come see me they came to see me I don't know how many times they made them come see me and then the day she came to see me with the child the child was so active running the entire time Hebrews 11 you understand when we look at the topic come believing you stop telling him okay if you are really god do this what you telling god that that won't work that's not how he works he's got a way he works it says he that comes must come believing can you imagine if people have gotten results when they've doubted imagine those who come believing let's look at Hebrews 11. you are here okay now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Uh-huh. For by it the elders obtained a good testament. Now, look at this verse. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Hold on. This is where you see the God kind of faith we've been talking about, right? Where he calls things which are not as though they are. I want us to read this together. One, two, three, go. so by faith we understand that the world was made by the word 
And so what we're being told here is God used things which are not seen to make things which are seen. The God who quickeneth the dead and calleth things which are not as though they are. God meets this gentleman. This gentleman doesn't have a child. Before the gentleman has a child, God changes his name and says, you're now Abraham. God didn't say you will become Abraham one day. He says you are Abraham. He didn't say the day Sarah is pregnant, you'll be Abraham. Even Sarah's name was changed. And so you can imagine, in those days they took names very seriously. I want you to imagine uh, there is Jablan uh, come. Run. Now, I want you to imagine this young man over here, right? And um, he's walking, and then you've just met him for the first time, and then you hear him calling him, Ah, Pashimpundu. What a God do you mind? <laughs> like, how? Like, ridiculous, eh? Now, imagine somebody even worse off, let's say somebody half his age, and they're saying, Pashimpundu at Munishan. You can take a seat. Now, I want you to think about how ridiculous it was. You can take a seat. This is, this, Abraham was famous. And here's a gentleman. They all knew him as Abraham. One day, they come and they go, Abraham, how are you? And they I'm not Abraham. I'm Abraham. Now, in, so in short, he's telling them, I'm father of nations. Hey, okay. Father of nations. Doesn't even have a child. Can you imagine the laughter that was there concerning Abraham? He calls things which are not as though they are. I want you to think about it. How foolish do you think Noah used to look when he was building the ark? The guy is just always serious with my plungers, with a hammer, to my dimensions. What are you doing? They will be a, I'm building an ark. For what? It's always hot. The weather forecast is saying it will be hot. The guy keeps building the ark. And then one day it rained. So it tells us that by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. And that shows you that the word of God is not lifeless. The word of God transmits something. And that's why faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Let me tell you what I mean. You know that the world that we're living in nowadays loves sad stories, right? You want to know how? Can I tell you how I know the world loves sad stories? Um, every now and then, my family loves to watch these cooking shows or and where people are competing, and those judges who eat your food look like they've enjoyed it, then tell you, no, you've messed up on the salt and stuff like that. And then you'll find, usually, they'll be like, why should we give it to you? You just hear the guy say, no. I need to feed my three children. Like, no one told you to have them. I need to feed my three children. You know, in this life. And Everyone has to have a sad story. And it's like that sadness is transmitted. <laughs> I'm going to say something, but it's okay. He's <laughs> even a footballer, you know. The guy makes 120,000 pounds per week. Hadn't played well, didn't score a goal for a year. And he came out and gave an interview. No, they gave me two of my younger brothers to take care of. You know, it's so different. 120,000 pounds. Per week. 
Anyways, so Jordan is fine now. He's still not yet scored. Okay, so, <laughs> so please pray for him. Now, where was I? It's like if I came up here and gave a story, and let's say I began to tell you how I had a hard moment, and let's say I began to cry. You know, there's a chance half of you, especially the females, will cry as well. You know why? Because my story has transmitted my sadness. You can feel it. That's why even when sorting out an issue, be careful when you listen to a person who's come to talk to you and they're emotional. You, they will transfer their emotions which they're feeling over the person to you. You just find you come out, you don't like someone. That's how most misunderstandings have started. Praise God. That's how most misunderstandings have started. Now, I want you to imagine, if you can listen to a sad person and it makes you sad, what happens when you listen to the word of God? Listen, when you're listening to the word of God, you're listening to the material that built the heavens and the earth. We're talking about the material that framed the world. You're telling me it cannot frame your life. I'm telling you. So, the same way a sad story releases sadness, a faith story, a word of God story, it imparts faith. That's why you notice that faith is not imparted by laying of hands. It's imparted by speaking. That's how faith is imparted. You receive faith by listening. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We've had a few, I'm sure you've noticed there's been a terrible situation in Zambia with some of the things that have been going on, not so. But some people are more fearful than they should because they've received an impartation of fear. I, I, I saw somebody posting a photo and in the photo, no, it was a video. They were like, I don't know how many kids on the floor and the kids I think had gone or something like that and their parents were crying and they're like, what's happening to my beloved Zambia? It wasn't Zambia. It was, no, I, that video wasn't Zambia. It wasn't. It wasn't. No, that video was not Zambia. <laughs> what am I trying to say? You notice that even fear can be imparted. Fear can be imparted. It can. Praise God. I'm telling you. Social media, fear can be imparted about anything, really. Like when people stopped eating chicken, they saw a photo. No virus is spreading through chicken. Ah. In the one day after I'd seen to me, I said, you know what, God, you are my father. The Bible says whatever we eat with Thanksgiving, you won't trust anything if all you're doing is watching videos on the internet. <laughs> ah, That life is not for me. Stopping to eat chicken. <laughs> hmm. Now what's the point? Okay, what am I trying to say? We understand by faith that God made things which are seen through things which are not seen. So if you're going to have the God kind of faith, let me just, let me just put it to you properly, okay? According to the senses, you have to go a little bit you have to go a little bit crazy because you have to believe in things which people don't see. 
you have to believe in things which people don't see. And you know something? In the prophetic realm, God can allow you to see things that people don't see. I remember one time I was in the living room. There's somebody who had come for prayer. And as we were talking, I, ha- I didn't know by then what they had come for. I just saw this person walk in from the side to side, and they had a plate. And there I could see a physical heart. And they just stood next to them with a physical heart. And I asked them, saying, have you had a heart problem? And they mentioned yes. And I had the Holy Spirit to replace it. You, you have to be a little bit, you, you have to think a little bit differently from other people. You guys have seen us praying for shorter legs before, right? Do you know what I do when I'm praying? I'll tell you what I do. If I've not seen a vision, I use my gift of imagination and I imagine a new one. So when I'm praying for them, I'm, I'm, for me, I'm thinking there's another one being put because we can create things which are seen out of things which are not seen. And in case you wanted to know how that started for me, some of you have heard it, some of you have not, but how that started for me was very interesting. We had a meeting on July 1st, 20, 2013. I was just a regular... 18-year-old, you know, doing what other 18-year-olds do, praying for the sick, casting out devils, normal 18-year-old stuff. And so, we called for a meeting. And when we called for it, there was that part, I preached on the Holy Spirit, I'll never forget the sermon, it was really beautiful. And I think it's even on YouTube. When we called for it, I was in this oversized white suit. I called for the sick, and I'm thinking it's just, you know, those simple cases, ulcers and you know, you know those, eh? One minute. And while that was happening, I hear the Lord say, pray for the guy with the shorter leg. In uh, without thinking, I need a shorter Where is the guy with the shorter leg? Okay. And the gentleman is at this church. And then the guy raises his hand and Dah. And then that's when now Brother Brain came in and said, Fred, what are you doing? What are you doing? At that point, the Holy Spirit went quiet. But I'd seen someone do it for, before, and they used a chair. So I just said, bring me a chair. And the gentleman came, and I didn't know what to do. So I told everyone to close their eyes and just focus on God and just worship him. They were not closing their eyes. We've watched the videos. People were, only Alice and Pastor Daniel were singing. By then, Pastor Daniel was our lead. He, he was on the guitar, and I think they were singing... Uh, I think I think in my head I was singing and you know I had a lot of skeptics by then a lot and so people were worshipping like this and then I laid hands on their head I laid hands on them I don't know which part I did I laid and then I just hear the Holy Spirit speak and say, just tell him to stand. And the moment he stood, he was okay. And, you know, I'm not yet done. I went to bed feeling on top of the world. In my head, if there were three men of God in the world, I was one of them. And so I received a text the next morning. It was from, uh, it should have been from Nondi. I received a text the next morning. Hi, I was at your meeting yesterday. 
and I saw the miracle that happened, I would like to bring my mother. She's, she's had some issues as well. I thought it was just one of those things, you know. Uh, and, and I was home. I was with Alice and Dylan. And this was July 2nd. It was on a Tuesday. You should go check your calendars if you want. July 2nd, 2013 was a Tuesday. Yeah. I know because we were supposed to have a test on the Monday. But I was having a conference. I always spoke in the name of Jesus. I remember the lecturer says, we are having a test on Monday. I said, in the name of Jesus, it moves. I've changed my mind. <laughs> it was very interesting. Don't go tell him. So now, um, Tuesday, this lady walks in. I'm thinking it's just one of those simple issues. Oh, sure. She comes in on crutches. And she looks at me and says, Man of God, I want to run. I'm thinking I'm a boy of God, please. I'm, I'm, I'm not yet. I'm still, I'm still learning. That day, I preached a sermon. I can, like people we used to play. I was trying to encourage myself really when I was preaching. So I was just thinking how God is powerful. God will never let you down. It was really me I was encouraging. And then afterwards, I asked a very silly question. I said, what do you want? And of course, she mentioned the same thing. And uh, I, <laughs> I usually let me tell you the story. I, 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 the first thing I said is, no, you know, let's just pray. You never know there could be some spiritual orders in your family which we need to break. Because <laughs> you know those are things no one will check. We spent 20 minutes praying over orders. That way we finished praying over the altars. And so, not knowing what to do, it was now time for the moment. So I said, okay, what's wrong? Why, why are you on crutches? And she tells me, I have arthritis, and it ate up part of my leg. Okay? And so we checked. We, we had a lot of time. I was younger. didn't have many people to meet. We had time. We even got a ruler, and we measured and it was 32 centimeters shorter. The one for the previous day was 3 centimeters shorter. This was 32. It was like here. And so, we did what we thought we should do. I looked at it and I said, in the name of Jesus, grow out. And then nothing happened. And so, when nothing happened, my plan now was to tell her to check. And if she's noticed, maybe Maybe, maybe she's noticed that's going just a bit. I was going to now encourage her and say, you know what? Just keep trusting and keep believing. And then just quit it. They probably were never going to meet again. So when I told her to check, <laughs> I'm telling you what goes through a man of God's mind sometimes. So when I told her to check, immediately we heard, oh! we literally heard it and it popped out like. And she screamed. Ha! Ha! I stood there like I knew it was going to happen. Like, uh, I said, yeah. <laughs> and before we knew it, was, we, we walked out together after the meeting and, and whatnot. You remember that, Alice, eh? And I can tell you story after story. Can I tell you one more? 
I became famous. I was known as the leg guy. People found people with shorter legs. I was being recommended. Over a hundred people came to see me in a year. I'm telling you. When I went to Kenya, they brought about 14 people with that problem in one meeting. Because it happened in another city around midnight. And then by the time we were arriving at the other city, they had heard about it. Yeah. This was cold. Now, another, there's a gentleman, I think his name is Noel. He heard about me, and so I received a call from someone saying, no, there's someone I've recommended, I've given your number, and I was at a cage. So he called me, I'm like, I'm actually at a cage, I'm about to go home, and he says, I'm actually near there, we can drive together. I see this huge gentleman coming. I'm like, and then these are the gentlemen I'm meeting. I'm thinking, if this doesn't work, oh my God. And we drive home, and the gentleman begins to explain how he was in an accident in 2001. And so in his hand, they had put metals, and then in his leg, they had removed an inch of a bone. And so we began to pray, and, before we, and you could feel the metal. Suddenly, we couldn't feel it anymore. And it was his... It was his friend. That was, I think, the second time I was seeing metal to flesh. I've seen it about four times. The first time, I didn't even know it had happened. It's another story. It's okay. It was at Unza. It was just another story. It was, uh, the metal was somewhere here. They all gave their lives to Christ. Okay. But that one was the first time. It wasn't intentional. I didn't know that's what I was praying for. I was just praying for God to heal the person. And then the friend was like, where are the metals? Where are the metals? And one, I, I, I can't take this. This is too much. This is freaky. This is freaky. <laughs> nah, I can't take this. I can't take this. <laughs> and the one was dozing while I was preaching. <laughs> I've had stories. You should see me one day. So the guy's thing grew. His leg grew. I think we posted it. I didn't know he was very famous. And he lived at a flat. When he reached, people were waiting for him, and he ran up. Because, imagine from 2001. What am I saying? If you're going to function in the realm of faith, you need to start believing in things people can't see. And believing that things that we don't see can influence the things that we see. And let me show you one final scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Give me verse... 18. Oh my, I've taken this long. The Bible says, Well, we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. They are subject to change. But the things which are not seen are eternal. And what does the Bible tell us about something that's eternal? Give me First Peter chapter number 2, verse 23. It says, chapter 1, verse 23. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God which lives and abides forever. Uh-huh. 24. Because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as a flower of grass. The grass withers and its flower falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. It's eternal. It's eternal. And now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. Then they get you thinking, looking unto Jesus, looking unto Jesus, looking unto Jesus. 
We look not at things which are seen, but things which are not seen. That balance, that balance, that's stopping you from graduating, it's subject to change. Ha, ah, I thought somebody wouldn't. I said, that balance is subject to change. That growth you've been experiencing in your body, it's subject to change. That hormonal imbalance you've had, it's subject to change. Listen, we're not going to glory in fleshy things. There are some people who are only healthy because they're young. That's subject to change. But can you imagine if you're healthy because of the word of God, which is not subject to change? That condition in your mind is subject to change. That weariness you've been feeling is subject to change. That depression is subject to change. That sickness, it's subject to change. It's subject to change. So with faith, the God kind of faith, you learn to use what is not seen to influence what is seen. So you have to be a little... You have to believe in things people don't believe in. Praise God. Next week, we will look at the first step of now making your faith work. We'll look at come believing. And we're going to... We'll look at come believing. Praise God. Okay. We have come to the end of our service. I want you to be, to ensure you're in. On Sunday, our service will be a bit different because I think Sunday marks the end of our 21 days of prayer. So we're going to do our Sunday service in such a way that we'll have enough time to pray, but then also enough time for the word of God. So our service will be arranged a little differently. Come early, otherwise you might struggle to find a seat. We've been growing. Okay. Have you been blessed? You know, sometimes somebody comes for a service like this and there was something. Maybe they wanted hands laid on them. I want to tell you something. One of the greatest ways of impartation is by listening and believing. Praise God.